Tonight's scripture is from Philippians 118 uh, through 21. Yes, and I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed but that with the full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. This is the word of the Lord. All right, there is an imagined uh, pathway to peace or joy to me. Like I imagine this is how I might find a little window of joy. And here it is. Uh, if I could just get away from it all. <laughs> and I think of some happy places, right? There's some national parks that are happy places. Uh, Zion, for sure. Yosemite without the people, for sure, for sure. Uh, scuba diving in Belize, that's a happy place. Couple islands off of Thailand that I can think of, very happy places. Get away from it all, find a little joy. There's a place on the Oregon coast, Nesquin, happy place. Private? Beautiful coast, huge flat beach, a chair, a book, an adult beverage, ah, little window of joy. <laughs> I, think, I think getting away from problems seems like a good approach to finding just a little bit of joy again. It seems reasonable. Right? It seems reasonable that the absence of problems must mean that there is joy. If that's true, if that's true though, then you can't find joy when you're going through the ick. Okay? Uh, if you're going through the ick, you sort of resign yourself to, there's just gonna be joylessness during this ick time. And so you sort of have this, this horrible bargain, this Sophie's choice, if you will. You leave the problems to go find the joy. That's one of, or the other side of that razor is this, you stay in the problems, but you're gonna have no joy. And I don't think that's a choice. I don't like that choice. I reject that choice because it's not the way of Jesus. I reject it. Um, because either one, either one will smother you in its joylessness or it will alienate you to joylessness. 
Paul walks through this incredibly simple, simple process at the beginning of Philippians. You, you will laugh at how simple it is. But I want to walk through this little arc that he has, and I want to just walk with us together, because just in our short, short, short time, I want you to experience a little tiny window of joy, and it will be legit so that you can also take it from here. And you can enjoy little windows of joy in the ick. So, so this is what I want you to see. This is from verse 18, it's the third part. Whenever you see A, B, and C behind a number, <laughs> it just means this third part of the verse, right? It's the beginning of a sentence. I don't know who separated these verses, the early scribes, but this is what Paul says. He says, I will, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to rejoice. Now, you may know this. This is common knowledge. Is Paul's writing this. He's writing it from a jail cell. He's a high-value prisoner. And so it says in the text that the palace guards were assigned to Paul. That's not with every prisoner. But with high-value prisoners, what it means is they, that they have shifts and they shackle themselves to high-value prisoners, so Paul gets no rest. He's gonna be shackled to someone else, like the palace guard, 24 hours a day. Sleeping, doing his business, you're shackled to a guard. Okay. Um, another thing about prison, Roman prison, is for the most part, how you get fed and how you get clothed is actually based on the people who remember you from the outside. So if that doesn't happen, you are going to have a very, very rough existence in prison and probably die. So if someone had a busy week and, hey, Paul, man, I was at the market, totally forgot, I'll get to you next week, then you had a rough week. Okay. So this is what I want to tell you is Paul says, I can have joy right now. I can have this little window of joy. I can have joy now, and he's writing it from a prison. Now, I think... I think that's worse than our situation or your situation or my situation, but he's saying that he can find a little window of joy. And this is what I want to admit. Let's, let's talk about reality is you, I am telling you, you can find a little window of joy in all of this. You, I'm telling you it's possible because Paul says it's possible. You can do it. Like in your worry, in your conflict, in your anxiety, in your criticism that you have of other people and they have of you, in your defense, defensiveness, in your defenselessness, I'm telling you, Paul is telling you, you can discover a little window of joy, real, fat joy. So he's talking reality, and I'm talking reality, is that you can have a window of joy in all of this. In discomfort, in things not going the way you want it, with, with your spouse mad at you, with you mad at your spouse, with others against you, you against, I, I'm telling you, you can find a window of joy. So why is that the case? And Paul is so, so simple here. He says, I know you can have joy, and I know I can have joy. And he does it through two different things. He says, you can do it through prayers, and you can do it through the help of the Spirit. And I know you can find joy. Okay? 
And he thinks this, is there will be one spiritual outcome for you in this process. There's gonna be one spiritual, uh, uh, so he says you can have joy. Okay, the first one, this is what we see in verse 19. He says, you can have joy and it's gonna be through a process of prayers. You can show the next one. So you can have joy right now and it's gonna happen through prayer. In fact, let me just tell you, I'll be more stark. It won't happen unless there is prayer. It won't happen. And so he says this. Uh, Well, think about it this way. You and I will pray individually. And what happens? It goes immediately to the ear of your father. There's no middleman. It goes immediately to your father. It's direct, it's immediately, and this is it, is whatever is on your heart, whatever is agitating you, immediately becomes the concern of the Father. Immediately. Whatever is on your heart, whatever is on your mind, it is now on his heart, it is now on his mind. For sure. The concerns of me are on his mind. So, this is what I want you to do. Whatever is agitating you right now, take 30 seconds and give it to your father. unloaded it to your father and now it's his problem. But something else happened. Paul says this, through your prayers. So other people are praying. Right? That means he's a father to everybody. He's not just your father. He's a father to everybody. And he's listening. He's listening to the chorus of petitions from his people. And their concerns are now his concerns. That's not it, though. Who else is praying? Jesus and his spirit. So I'm praying, you are praying, and, the Jesus, and Jesus and his spirit are praying, and they pray better prayers. They have better ideas. They're able to communicate to God the Father. You know those vague feelings you have? And you're like, I can't find the words, even in anger or emotion, whatever it is, is the Spirit is praying those in articulate ways to the Father. And they're complete prayers. They're praying all the things you didn't say or I didn't say. And check this out. Check this out. 
the entire Trinity is in on it. They're communing in the knowledge of what is on your heart, and it's now on their heart, and they're all together. There, there's no one out of the loop. Like the entire Trinity has your concerns wrapped in its communication and knowledge. That's the beginning thing where, where Paul says, you can have joy right now. Do you know why? It's because your concerns are not just your concerns. So here's something to believe. There's something to believe, and then I have a question for you. Something to believe. God knows, God knows what is going on. And here's a question for you. Do you believe that all of God is working on this? And do you believe that he's working on you? That's part of that window of joy. You can laugh, you're like, oh, I can have joy in the ick, whatever you're going through, because God is working on it. That's a little bit of joy, but there's more here. This is what he says in verse 19. It's the second part, it's so simple. Um, you can have joy right now because you have help from the spirit of Jesus Christ. He says that in verse 19. He says, I, for I know that through your prayers, that's the first part. Second part, in the help of the spirit of Jesus Christ. Let me encourage you. The spirit is with you. Spirit's not remote. The spirit doesn't bail. Ever. Uh, the same Holy Spirit in me is in others. And the spirit will not do things that are contradictory. The spirit will do the same thing in others as he does in me. He will. The spirit will produce spiritual fruit. The, the spirit, right? The spirit must work or, I cannot emphasize this one enough. Unless the spirit works, no good thing can happen. Nothing. Unless the spirit works and it is his spiritual fruit, no good thing can happen. Um, and the spirit has his own timing. We got this from John 3. No one controls or manipulates or administrates the spirit. Nobody. The spirit has his own timing. No one can dictate what the spirit or when he should do the things. But we can appeal. Look at this. The spirit is your path to this Trinitarian circle of communion. They are enjoying the fact that what? That the end of you and me is absolute good and deliverance. And he brings you into that. Oh, did you know this is only gonna end up good for you? And they have joy about that. 
They have total joy about that. And that's why, because of the help of the Spirit is, and your prayers, you can have a window of joy in the middle of ick. So, something to believe and a question for your heart. You have the Spirit of the living God living with you right now. Here's a question for you. Do you believe that only the Spirit will produce good things? Verse 19. This is so cool. <laughs> Paul says this. He says, I'm convinced that there's only one outcome. Only one outcome. Go, go to, um, yeah. You can have joy through prayers and through the help of the Spirit, and it only turns out for my deliverance. Only one outcome. It turns out for my deliverance. Now, a lot of people have said, oh, is Paul saying that he thinks he's going to get released from prison? No, because later on in the verse, in verse 21, what does he say? Whether I live or whether I die, doesn't matter. He thinks deliverance is this. So this is not the word for getting sprung from prison, like liberated or freedom. This is deliverance. He is taking me from a place of harm to a place of safety. He is taking me from a place of harm to a place of safety. Paul thinks there is only one way this can all turn out. And that's with all of us being brought from a place of harm to a place of safety. That's the progression. You can have a little window of joy right now. Because through the prayers, our concerns are his. It's your problem. And you have the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ who will never, ever, ever leave. What, what's that great line in Abide With Me? When all other helpers flee, he doesn't. That's why you can have a little window of joy in the middle of the ick. This only leads to your safety. It's the only place it can go. So here's something to believe for you. Your deliverance is guaranteed. And it's the only outcome that can happen. It's the only outcome. Here's a question for your own heart. Will you be glad Will you be glad? Father, thank you for this great, beautiful simplicity. Thank you for this great offer 
this great treasure of joy in the middle of difficulty. It's the only light It's the only lightness. That we've ever experienced. We don't need it just now, Father. We need it throughout our days. And so would your spirit remind our hearts and our minds of this. This window of joy. In Jesus' name, amen.